Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Today, Bezat Hashem, will be learning Daf Chafav in Maseches Babakama, which means that tomorrow we might be Zochah to finish the parak. I think it's going to be you and me, Barry, tomorrow. Uh, and of course, our listeners, Dr. Julie. I got to uh, give her a shout out because Rabbi Silber gave her a shout out uh, at a recent, uh, one of his recent Daps. Mm-hmm. So it's become a little bit of a ri- shout out rivalry, anyways. Uh, needless to say, we're learning for Eschus for all of Achenu Kol Beis Yisrael, right? Okay, but we got some work to do, a- Andrew. Uh, lots of good questions yesterday you asked, Andrew, but we do have to move, okay? So 18 lines down on Chafayim and Beis, um, as follows, okay? This is how it works, Barry. There are certain halachas that are explicit in the Torah, and yes, there's certain halachas that are inferred. That's part of what we're doing here, Barry. We're learning Torah Shabbat Peh, we're inferring halachas. So the way we got here is we infer the halacha of what a uh, Karen would be doing in her Shus HaNizak. That's the halacha that we're inferring. When the Torah talks about uh, Barry's shore eating uh, Andrew's veggies, right? So it says, it says, you know, he wants to, it has to trespass into Andrew's property in order to be chayev. When it's just doing its own, when it's doing its thing and eating the veggies. When it talks about goring, it talks about the classic case of, let's say that would be happening out in the Rishus Harabim, right? What if it does something very unusual, trespasses and gores in Andrew's Rishus? We started off with that machlokas, and that's an inferred halacha. So yesterday we talked about how much can you infer with this idea of a kavachomer? How, how much can you infer, you say, right, when you try to make that kind of assessment? Now we're talking about Gezer Shava, okay? Because we, in the discussion of the different ways of inferences, one of the ways to do it is if you have uh, a statement that you can go, let's say, laterally and say that the same term appears in the context, let's say, of Karen or regular different types of Nezikin, then maybe you can make a parallel comparison. Once you make a parallel comparison, so now you, you've adopted some of the same elements of one thing to another, and maybe you can even jump into a kavachomer in one area where previously you had not, right? Because, so for example, if you would, were to adopt some of the similarities of Karen to some of the similarities in Chen Viregel, so once you have a Gezer Shava, maybe they're on equal footing, and then you can infer a Rosh even in Karen um, because of the fact that it has some similarities to Regel. What was the parallel that we used to create this, uh, to, to sh- illustrate this idea of the Gezer Shava? Tuma. We were talking about Tuma. So the last thing where we left off 18 lines down was the idea of Begit and Or. When a person becomes Tame, so either their clothing, right, or, or whether it's made out of cloth or, made out, or whether it's made out of leather, right, that can become Tame as well. That phrase, Begit and Or, appears many times. Okay, it appears in the context of Tumas Sheretz. It appears in the context of, right, Tumas Mace. So, so, as we will see, once it appears many times, there's something called Mufne and there's something called Mufne Mishtet Dadim. So I'll say it outside first, and then we'll be able to read it inside very quickly, Andrew, and then catch up and then move forward. The idea of Mufne Mishtet Dadim means like this. Is the phrase, let's say, Begir Ve'or, is that phrase superfluous? Well, if it is superfluous, then it's what's called mufne. Mufne means that it's like available. It's open and available for interpretation, which is to say it's open and available to be used for a gezer shava. 
In other words, you already know that you can become tame on the bag, on the cloth or the or the leather. We know this already. So why are we saying the phrase in this context to teach you a comparison to another place where it says begging and or, and to connect those two contexts together in order to create the same halacha. That's called a gezerah shava. Okay. Well, there are is a shita that both contexts need to be redundant in order to be able to create the Gzair Shava. That's called Mufne Mishnet Stadim. That in both contexts, if it's redundant, then you can connect the two. Mufne Mitzalecha would be that if only one, in one of the contexts you need the, the phrase and the other context you don't, you could still make the Hekesh, right? How much redundancy do you need in order to connect two things where the same common phrase applies? Okay, so let's see this in the context of Tomah. So again, we're in the world of Kavachomer, now we're in the world of Gezeir Shava, and we move on. So it says the Gemara, Mapat's been made behind. So the question was, 18 lines down, how do we know that the, when a corpse is on a mat, that it will be, and shout out to Matt, by the way, who I just heard from, uh, we love you Matt, in Ramat Bechamesh, the question is, how do we know that it's going to make a, the mat Tomah? So it says the Gemara, Namar, Beged ve'or b'sharetz, v'nera beged ve'or b'meis. You see what I'm saying? So the pasuk beged and or, o beged or or, appears in the context of sharetz in that pasuk, and it also appears in the par, in the in the context of mace. Okay, so in both psukim it says the word beged and the word or, and so ma beged ve'or hamor b'sharetz ma patzame bo. We know that a sharetz is going to be matame a mat, and the phrase beged or appears in the sharetz. Af beged ve'or hamor b'meis ma patzame bo. Right. Um, by the way, the sharetz we know from the Kavachomer that we said, but Begid or that's in Mace. So since that phrase appears in Mace also, what is the comparison? The comparison is that in both cases it would be Matame and Mat. We use that Gezeir Shava. Now, concerning that Gezeir Shava, says the Gemara, Mufne. Aha. Uh-huh. It must be that the word Begid or, if you're going to make this Gezeir Shava, must be that it's open or as we'll say, redundant and thus available to make the Zer Shava. The Elo Mufne Ikal Mifrach. Because because if it was not redundant, then you could say, Mala Sharat Shakin Matame Bachadasha, Tamar Bemeshain Matame Bachadasha Bachazais. In other words, if it was not uh, available, um, let me add another detail, Andrew, if I may. Uh, if there is no challenge to the Gazer Shava, then you don't need the words to be redundant. Let me just let me just back that up a little bit. If the things are, if the two things that we're comparing, so in this particular case, it's the tumma of a sharetz and the tumma of a corpse. If those things were so similar that the, if those things were, uh, if the mechanics of those two different types of tummas were identical, then begit and or would be redundant regardless, right? In other words, it would, it would be by definition redundant because those two tummas are very, very similar. And therefore, that means that it's redundant already. Uh, but if they're dissimilar, and, and we'll see how those two tummas are dissimilar. Well, if the two tummas, the sharetz and the mace, are not exactly alike, so then the words would have to be redundant in order to make the gezerah shava. Right, so this thing that I said about it being mufna and available and redundant in order to make the gazer shava is a way to counteract the two uh, different types of tumma being different from each other. 
right? Now, the if they're different from each other, then it, then you say, okay, well, this phrase, despite the fact that the two tumas are not exactly the same, the phrase is still redundant, and therefore it must be connecting them, okay? Whereas if they're similar, then the phrase is almost by definition uh, redundant, because then it would be able to appear in just one of them, and you'd be able to learn it to the other as well, okay? So what is it? that's what it means. The ilo mufna ikla mefrach. If it had not been available to learn, Right, uh, redundant and thus available to learn from the uh, from from the case of sharetz, then you could have made the following pircha. Right, ikel mifrach means you could have said that the two are dissimilar. Two type of tumas are dissimilar. How so? Mal sharetz are coming to adasha. Right, a sharetz doesn't have to be a giant sharetz in order to convey tumah. It has to only be as big as a lentil. Uh, so once it's that big, it's already uh, conveys tumah. Could you really infer from the tomb of Sheretz that just like a Sheretz is Matame a mat, that a mason is Matame a mat? After all, a Sheretz is Matame something even if it's only the size of a lentil, whereas a mace is not Matame unless it's the size of at least a Kazais, right? A piece of corpse has to be at least the size of a Kazais in order to convey tumah, as we've seen many times. And therefore, the mace is dissimilar in that way to a Sheretz. So it must be that the word begid ve'or must be very redundant in order to be able to, to make any comparison from the, from the two. Okay. Says the Gemara, In truth is, it is indeed certainly available, this idea of begid and or, to learn from mechdi, as, let's see, because after all, sheretz, halachically, in terms of tumah, is compared to shechvat zera. o ish or Right, so the Pasuk says, ish ish mizera aron, azav, uh, and then in that pasuk it finishes O Isha Shere Teitzei Vemenu Shechva Zera. So it says O Isha Shere Teitzei Shechva Zera V'samichlei. And then the next pasuk, the next to it says O Isha Shere Gabachol Sheretz, right? And then the next pasuk says in Vayikra Chafez Hey O Isha Shere Gabachol Sheretz Sheit Malo BeAdam Sheit Malo Lachol Tumaso. So we see that the pasuk of Sheretz uh, is immediately after the pasuk of Shechva Zera. Uchsivei B'Shechva Zera. And in Shechvazera, it also says, V'chol Beged, V'chol Or, Sheyelav Shechvazera. So you see that phrase of Beged and Or is by Shechvazera. So it says the Gemara, Beged V'or, the Chaz of Rachman, B'Sheretz Lamali. Right? So the juxtaposition of Sheretz and Shechvazera, um, we've already learned, makes their level of Tumah very, very similar. And yet both of them have that phrase of Beged and Or. So why do you have to have the phrase Beged Or appearing all over the place? You have to see from there that the idea that what it says in the Sheretz, Begin and Or, it is already redundant, and therefore it is available, so to speak, to establish a Gzair Shava. Which Gzair Shava? The Gzair Shava to the corpse Tumah. Ah, says the Gemara, but wait a minute, but it's only redundant in from one direction. Says the Gemara, it's only redundant from one side. And therefore, once it's only redundant from one side, so then all of this Gezer Shava is only going to be right satisfactory if you actually are of the opinion that you can't raise any objections. That you can learn that Gezer Shava and you're not going to start objecting to it. Uh, so then, according to the right point of view, the Manda Amar, according to the Shita, that you only need that from one redundancy, that's fine. However, but according to the opinion that you say that when you only are moving from one side, right, that, uh, but you're allowed to actually, right, 
raise some objection to that. In other words, this shita holds that you can't question that you can't that in order to not question Shava, it must be redundant in both psukim. So what are you going to say? It sounds like it's only redundant in the pasuk of Mace. Says the Gemara, the Mace nami if in the pasuk of Sheretz rather. Because again, why is it only redundant in the in the pasuk of Sheretz? Because it is in the pasuk of Sheretz is already compared right to to the to the to, to the zub the to Sheikh The right so the Sheretz is already compared to Sheikh Vazera. It's only Sheretz that's mufne. Is the mace also mufna? Says the Gemara, yes. The mace nami afnoi mufna. According to the Shita, it needs the mufna mishnates dadim for the redundancy to be both in sharetz and in mace. Mace is also available. How so? Because like this, mechdi mace it kishas shechvazera. Right. So just like sharetz is compared to shechvazera, mace is also naturally compared to shechvazera. How so? I mean, look at the pasuk. The pasuk says, if you touched anyone that uh, any corpse. Or if you had Sheikh Vazera, well, clearly that's establishing a comparison between not only right Sheikh Vazera and Sheretz, as we said before, but Sheikh Vazera is also compared to the Tuma of uh, Mace as well. So the Sheikh Vazera being compared to all of these and juxtaposed to all of these different kinds of Tumas are actually bringing it all together. and in Sheikh Vazera, as we've already said, says, We know in Sheikh Vazera that this Beged and Or appears. In that context, so begid v'or the kavdach rachmana b'meis lamali. So we see begid v'or appears where in shech v'zera. It appears in sheretz. It appears in mace. So the phrase begid v'or when you have shech v'zera, this juxtaposition of psukim to sheretz <coughs> means that those are compared. The fact that it's in the same pasuk as mace means shech v'zera and mace is also compared. So all so mace and shech v'zera and sheretz they all have similar tuma. It is true. That they have some dissimilarities, but they're all compared. Once they're all compared, the phrase beged ve'or is redundant in all of them. Once it's redundant in both mace and in sharetz, now it's mufne mishnei tzadim. It's redundant in both of them. And therefore, shmami nalaf nuye. The reason why you have the phrase beged ve'or in all three of these phrases is to make it open for the gezeira shava ve'hani mufne mishnei tzadim, says the Gemara. And it is therefore available from both sides, from both by sharetz and by mace. Available for what? Available to teach you that just like a sharetz is going to be matame a mat, so too will a corpse be matame a mat, says the Gemara. That's only true. Honey, the that's only true if you could say derive from it, dun mina, but place it only in its own context. El amar dun mina But according to the opinion that you can only continue to derive from it, right, and continue to derive from it. What does that mean? In other words, it's true that we could derive the gzera shava that a corpse, let's say, convey tuma to a mat, but that tuma should be what? Only from it. What's from it? Well, we're comparing it to Tuma that is only going to last a day. Tuma's corpse lasts seven days. So we have just one last detail to tie up, which is we know already, we, we use the Xer Shava Barry and we're good. We know that, that a corpse is going to be Matame the Mat. That's awesome. Now, the only, the only detail we have is there is an opinion out there that says once you're learning it from a different type of Tuma, it can only adopt that level of of tuma, which is to say, it can only adopt the tuma of one day. How do we know that a, a corpse is matame mat for all seven days, as only tumas mace can? 
So how would we we how would we apply that to the mat? Says the Gemara, Amar Rava. Oh, here he comes to the rescue, Barry, as he always does. Amar Kra, bechibasim bigdechem biyomashvi. Yeah, when it comes to Tumas Mace, we we have a clear pasuk that that teaches you what, as the Gemara says, Kol Tumas Shatamitam Mace Lo Yipchusin Mishiva. There is no such thing as Tumas Mace that's going to be Matame for less than seven days. So by definition, if it's Matame something, that thing's going to be Matame seven days. That's Gzeir Sakasav, and so. It is true that the Gzera Shava usually limits it to its own context, and even once you carry it over to something else, it also only carries over the limitations. But there's no such thing. Once you learn Tumas Mace, you always know by definition it's always seven days. There's no such thing as splicing that up and say, oh, it's Tumay Mace, but because it's derived from something else, it's only going to be Tumay till tonight. No, 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 no. Tumas Mace is always for seven days. That's Gzer Shava. And it is for that reason that it's both Tumas Mace is Matame Mat, and it is also Tumay for seven days. Now four lines up from the bottom of Chapeim and Beis. Back to Karen, Tam, Babakama, Kalvachomer. Here we go. Says the Gemara. Okay, we're going to kick around this Kavachomer, because after all, we learned an inference. Do we have to learn the inference in that direction? I mean, we learned the inference of Barry's shore um, going wild and goring in Andrew's yard. Does that, is that, is that the only uh, way, direction we can learn the inference? Watch this. Well, maybe if Barry's shore in Andrew's yard is going to be Chayev, uh, right? Let's say Nezek Shalem. So maybe we shouldn't learn it that way. Maybe we should say that Shane Veregel should be Chayev in Rishus Rabbim. Shane Veregel Chayev in Rishus Rabbim. Why? Shouldn't it be Andrew's responsibility to not put his stuff there for Barry Shore to eat? But you could learn the following: Kal Vachomer says the Gemara, "Ma Karen should Rishus and Nezek and Rishon and Chatzin Nezek." Well, when we say Barry's Tamimus Shore, right? Barry's the first time Shore is the first time offender, and it, and according to the Chachamim. If he damages somebody in Andrew's yard, he only pays a chatzinezek because it's going to be, according to the Chachamim, Rishus independent. So, a, that Barry Shore is Chayev in Andrew's yard, and also Rishus Harabim Chayeves, right? And so, it's Chayev in Rishus Hayachid, and Rishus Nezek, right? It's chatzinezek. And it also pays Rishus Ha, it also pays chatzinezek in Rishus Harabim. So, Let's do the following Kavachomer. Shen Veregel, Shibrisus Hanizak, Mashal Nezak Shalem. Shen Veregel, if it's in Andrew's yard, then we already said it's, it's Nezak Shalem. Ain't Odin Shibrisus Harabim Chayev, right? So isn't that an interesting Kavachomer? It's, it's a little bit of a straw man argument, Barry, but, but the question is like this. According to the Chachamim, Karen is only Chayev Chatzi Nezak in Andrew's yard. And Shen Veregel is Chayev Nezak Shalem in Andrew's yard. Right, this is uh, an irony, right? So, wait a minute. It sounds like Shen Veregel, could you say that, ooh, it's more potent than Karen? Because after all, in Andrew's yard, you pay double for Shen Veregel, according to the Chachanim. So, and yet, Karen is going to be Chayiv and Shisarabim. So, the fact that Shen Veregel is more potent in, in Andrew's yard, shouldn't that mean that it's more potent and therefore it certainly should be Chayev and Rishis Arabim as well? Now, of course, you could make a logical argument that that doesn't make any sense, right? Shade Verega, the whole point is you're supposed to watch over your animal, but that's only from trespassing. You're not supposed to, in Rishis Arabim, it's the animal's domain, right? It's everyone else's domain and, and the angel should just be watching over his stuff. But be that as it may, you could 
be tempted to make a kavachomer for the uh, from the fact that Shane Varegel is nezek shalim inershus ha nizak as opposed to Karen that's only rishus yachid. So says the Gemara. I'm a crow over here is there. Yeah. So the Gemara says, no, we have psukim. Psukim say, uh, when we're talking about Shane Varegel, the Pesach says explicitly that stay acher is something that, that, that Shane Varegel is something that's only chayef when you trespass, when you go into someone else's rishos, when you go into Andrew's actual yard. So in other words, the Pesach is specifically telling you that in rishos is going to be potter, right, for obvious reasons, right, because rishos is for everyone. It's supposed to rishos that is where you're chayev and is therefore we're not going to make the kavachomer because the pasuk is laying out that obvious fact for obvious reasons. So now as we arrive at the ooh, time, uh, manageable time, 553 a.m. It says, Midi the Kula Amina. The Gemara asks, are we suggesting that, that Shen Viregel, right, um, should only be downgraded to Chatzi Nezek in Rishus HaRabit, right? Midi the Kula Amina and Palga Kamina. Says the Gemara, wait a minute, it's going to persist. Do we say that you're supposed to pay Nezek Shalom for Shane Varegel and Rosh Hashanah? We only said Palga Kamina. That's Rashi, the first Rashi says in Chavav Amdalaf that we're only trying to say that's Chatzin Nezek in Rosh Hashanah. That's what Palga means here. Chatzin Nezek. Well, if you're saying Chatzin Nezek, so maybe it's still not a violation of Steacher, right? It's Steacher is going to be Nezek Shalom. But okay, fine. But maybe it should at least be Chatzin Nezek. In Rishus Harabim, so Amar Krav Vachatsu Es Kaspo. No, the pasuk says, Who, "Who's Vachatsu Es Kaspo?" So when when it says right uh, about the damages of a of a short tam, right? When it talks about Chatsi Nezek, it says Vachi Yigof Shor Ishes Shor Eu, and then it says Vmeis Umachor Es Shor Achai Vachatsu Es Kaspo. So we see what the Chatzin Nezek is specifically referring to Karen. That's the point. Right? Kaspa shall Zevalo, Kaspa shall Acher, says the Gemara. In other words, it's only Kaspa of Karen. It Kaspo. Only in this case, which is to say what, Barry? Chatzin Nezek is a novelty that applies to Karen only. You don't have Chatzin Nezek with any other case. So once you have, once you know the Chatzin Nezek only applies to Karen, so you're never going to uh, suggest that you're going to pay Chatzinezek for Shane Veregel in any context, not in Rishos Yochid or in Rishos Arabim. So you learned something new, Barry. You learned that Shane Veregel is an all or nothing proposition. You're either Chayev or you're not. Did your animal trespass or not? Are you, are you Chayev for all of it or are you Chayev for part of it? It is in the Tam of the Karen that you have this idea of Chatzinezek. Okay. Now, okay, that's one Kalvachomer that, that we've just resolved. We're not going to make that ridiculous Kalvachomer. Here's another couple of possibilities of, of, of Kalvachomers that we may want to say. How about that the Chacham would say as follows. Maybe Shein Varegel should be Chayev Chatzinezek in Andrew's yard. Wait a minute. We just said that, that's, that, 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 that we're supposed to say that really Vichatzot Kaspo shouldn't apply to Shein Varegel. Okay, but again, we're just kicking around the idea. We're leaving no stone unturned here. What's the what's the suggestion for a kavachomer mi karen? What's the kavachomer karen as follows? Uma karen shabrishus arabim chayeves, which is nizek enim shlemes lachatzi nizek. Karen seems more potent than shen v'regel in a certain way because karen, after all, is even chayev and rishus arabim. And we've already said many times that shen v'regel is not going to be chayev and rishus arabim. So therefore, karen rishus hanizak 
is despite being so potent, is only chayev chatsi nezak in rishus ha nizak, right in Andrew's yard. So shein v'regel shvishus harabim p'tura. So you'd say that the less potent shein v'regel, where in rishus harabim it's not even going to be chayev anything. Eno din shvishus nizak mishalam chatsi nezak. Shouldn't you also uh, say that in rishus nizak it should never be able to be right? Uh, right, Eno din shvishus nizak mishalam chatsi nezak. Shouldn't it um, certainly in rishus nizak only be right? Chatzin Ezek, because it's, um, right, less potent, Shane Varegel, than Karen in Rishus Rabin. Maybe it should be, at, uh, certainly no more potent than, than Karen in Rishus HaYachid as well. So, learned this with Zalmi, he did not like this, because again, we know that for obvious reasons, that Shane Varegel and Karen have different characteristics. But be that as it may, the Gemara is almost asking it as a rhetorical question in order to teach you the following. Amar Kra Yishalem. That when the Pasuk says Yishalem, it means Tashlumin Me'aya. Complete compensation. That when it, when it says, when the Pasuk is talking about the payment of Shane Varegel, it uses the phrase Yishalem, which means that, so now you learn two things, really. That when it says Shane, so the, the Sukkim are almost doubling down, Andrew. It says Yishalem by Shane Varegel, which means that Shane Varegel is all or nothing. When you pay, you pay Nezek Shalem. And it happens to say Vechatsut Kaspo by Atam by Karen, which is to say that we have, we could have such a thing as Chatsi Nezek by a Karen. So really, it's rhetorical. You have to both. We have the psukim from both ends. That you know that Karen is the context where you can have chazi nezek, and Shane Varegel is the context where you're chayiv chayiv nezek shalem. Okay, so we really have these psukim to support those that distinction between Shane Varegel and Karen. Fine. Another kalvachomer says the Gemara nine lines down. Below take Karen b'shus rabim chayiv mikalvachomer. Maybe Karen and b'shus rabim shouldn't be chayiv at all. After all, ma Shane Varegel b'shus nezek shalem, right? So we're basically kicking around every possibility here and saying why we didn't entertain it. So Shane Varegel, we know Yerchayev fully, as we've said, in Andrew's yard. B'shusha Rabin Ptura. And in B'shusha Rabin is completely not Chayev. Karen, B'shusha is a Chatzinezek. And yet Karen in in Andrew's yard is only Chatzinezek. Eno din B'shusha Rabin Ptura. So Karen, it seems less potent because in Andrew's yard, for a time, it's only going to be Chatzinezek as opposed to Shane, which is going to be Nezek Shalem. So shouldn't it be that since the Shane Varegel in Rosh Hashanah is completely potter, that Karen certainly is going to be completely potter, says the Gemara, no. Again, we go back to Yechetzun. Uh, this is another Pasuk by Karen Tom that sounds a lot like, right, Bechatzu, that you split it, right, which teaches you, right, that when it comes to Chatzinezek, right, it changes Chaluk, it it does not right. It does not change. It's in other words, ultimately, it's a pasuk which teaches us, according to him, that the chatzinezek of Karen is rishus independent, right? Right. This flies in the face of shitas Rabbi Tarfon because it sounds like it's exactly according to Rabbi Yochanan on a pasuk that's teaching you the chatzinezek stays uh, stays so, and it is rishus independent whether it's rishus yachid or rishus harabim. So that's fascinating. Okay, another Kavachomer that we don't, so again, these Psukim are helping us with the Svaras that we already know make sense, okay? So, you know, what came first, the, the Pasuk or the Svara, I don't know, but, it's, but we're, we're ascribing it, the Masorah, to these Psukim. So that's the Gemara. Okay, another Kavachomer that we're not learning is Kofer. What's going on with Kofer? Well, if the Kofer is the idea that if a person uh, if the if if you have a shor muad, 
and a person owns a shormud and Rahman al-Atzlan, that shormud kills another human being, you have to pay a kofar. You have to pay kofar, which is like a penalty, right? Which is going to a be a kapara. Exactly. The word kofar comes from kapara. It's an atonement penalty. Okay. Says the Gemara. So a person who kills someone, so again, if a person sure kills someone, then his owner has to pay a kapara, a atonement penalty. So what if a person himself kills someone? Should he have to pay a penalty? That should be a kalvachomer. You sure killed someone. So you certainly, if you killed, you pay kofar. Certainly, if you killed someone, you should pay kofar. No? There's a kalvachomer. Mashar she'enu chayiv baridvarim chayiv kofar. Assure that when it kills someone, he's not chayiv the four things that we refer to as tsar, ripoy, sheves, and boshes. Right? That he's not chayiv for that. When, when, when human beings damage each other, they're chayiv not only, right, for the damages, but also the tsar, right, the aggravation and the medical expenses, the repoy of the sheves, the workman's comp, and the boshas and the embarrassment, etc. So that is nezek, that's for nezek, as Rashi explains. Nezek lichudei, right? So that's for nezek. Okay. So now, if a shark causes damage, you don't pay tsar, repoy, sheves, and boshas. However, and yet, if a shore kills somebody, he pays kofar. So certainly a man, if he kills somebody else, so not only should he have to pay in the case of killing, but he should also have to pay kofar. Because after all, a shore has to pay kofar. So certainly, uh, and, and they don't have to pay so a man that, that kills somebody certainly should have to pay kofar. So I'm a love, a law, a Yeah. When the Pasuk is talking about the payment of kofar by Ashur, it says whatever is assessed against him. So that means against him and no, and not uh, against Ashur specifically, not against a human being. And therefore, the Pasuk is explicitly t- telling you there's no kofar, right, payment of kofar when a, when a human being kills someone, okay? One last kavachomer. Here we go. Wait a minute. Maybe you should flip it around and say... Hold on a second. If the shore pays kofar, maybe it should also pay the arbit varim, the aforementioned arbit varim. Because after all, right? We're flipping it around. The human being has to is not chayiv in kofar, and yet he does have to pay the arbit varim. So shore shechayiv kofar ainu din shechayiv arbit varim. So therefore, shore who we just said is chayiv in kofar, shouldn't he also have to pay the arbit varim? So again, a person owns a shore that kills somebody, shouldn't he have to pay for all the right medical expenses and tzari pay shavas boshes? Says the Gemara, Amar Kra ish b'amito. You look at the pasuk concerning um, when one person injures another. And it says ish, right? So we see from there that only, and that's where you learn that tsar, repo, shevis, and boshes, and all of those things. Says that. So it's only when a human being does so. Velo shor bamiso, not when a shor does so. So now 22 lines down. We will ask now, this all had to do with how the Chachamim view the Mishnah. What about Rabbi Tarfon? Says the Gemara, This is going to take us to the end of the daf. What do you do in the case of regel? Okay, so the animal was habitual, okay, but Rahman al-Tzlan had crushed a baby in a Rishus Hayachid, okay? So this is, this, this is Regel, right? Okay, Mahu Shetashalim Kofer. So once we're on the topic of Kofer, does that, the owner of that shore have to pay Kofer? Well, why would or why wouldn't you? Again, if it does so, let's just be clear. If the animal is a Mu'ad, and it, and it kills another human being, a baby or an adult, with an aggressive behavior of Karen, then you certainly have, then his owner would have to pay Kofar. 
So I'm going to say this lambdas outside. Article says you might think that this is the lambdas. It's really the rush doesn't think so, but it, the the lambdas that the article said is actually is very compelling. <laughs> it's, it's like this: by a shore muad, right? It's habitual for that shore to kill, and and so would you say that? If it's the habitual nature of the killing that makes you have to be high of kofar, right? So in other words, when a shark crushes a baby, that's why he uses the example of a baby, because a shark is not likely to walk on a human being and kill it. But it could kill a, a baby, Rahman al-Islam, by walking on it. So if it does so in a format of regel, which is actually rugil to it, right, which is habitual for it, right, so then would you have to pay kofar? Is it the habituality of it? that makes him chayev? Or would you say it's the kavan al-hazik? It's the aggressive nature of Karen. So if it's the habituality of it, so as he stamp, uh, tramples a baby, you would be chayev kofer. If it's the kavan al-hazik that makes you chayev kofer, well, there was no intent to kill this baby. It was just walking and didn't realize and crushed it, Rahman al-Islam, okay? So that, then you wouldn't be chayev kofer. So let's look inside. So again, regal shudas al-gabi tinuk b'chatzer hanizak mi'arinan ma'u shutashalam kofer. Would you pay kofer? Mi'arinan mi'ad dahava a karen that just like you pay for karen and karen by a muad, right? You would pay kofer as a simile to kavan karen kavan the avad tre uslas zamne. In this case, okay, it says two or three times. We're not going to get into how you become habitual gor in this context, but the bottom line is it became habitual. And therefore, because it is already habitual to it, that's why you pay kofar. And here too, in the case of regel, there is a habit, and therefore you should be paying kofar. Oh, Dilma Karen and Hai ain't Or, as we just said, is it the intent to injure in the case of Karen that makes you chayav and kofar? And here there was no intent to injure. So, which would you say? Do you pay kofar when a baby gets trampled or not? Says the Gemara Tashma. Uh, Barry, as he does, brings his shore to visit when he comes to Andrew's house. Nobody invited the shore. It's in Andrew's chatzar. Okay, that's a terrible example. It has nothing to do with Andrew and Barry. Obviously, it's just a case where somebody brings his shore in and the shore gores the balabais. Hashor beskila. In that case, if uh, the shore is going to be beskila, uvailim beim tam bein mu'an mishalom kofer shalom. Oh. Okay, so again, anytime an owner of a shore kills somebody, the shore gets stoned, and the owner of the shore, even if it's a tam or it's a mood, you have to pay a full kofar. Okay, so we see that there's a kofar even in tam. That's divrei rabbi tarfon. That's the sheet of rabbi tarfon. So it says the Gemara. Right, this is kind of consistent with rabbi tarfon, uh, where he says that it's fully chayiv and rishas hayachet. So kofar shalom betam la rabbi tarfon minale. The question would be, where does rabbi tarfon learn that a tam even a short time has to pay kofar. So, so again, not everybody would hold that, right? Lav mishum, the sover like Rabbi Yossi Aglili, is not because he holds like Rabbi Yossi Aglili. What did Rabbi Yossi Aglili say? The Amar Tam Mishalom Chatsi Kofar B'Rishus Rabim, Umaisi Le'Mikal V'Chol Mimiregel. Right. So, Rabbi Yossi Aglili, right? The chiddush is that you would there would be a commensurate kofar payment, right, along with a mammon payment, right? Rabbi Yossi Aglili holds. That just like, right, you pay chazi, uh, that a tam pays chazi nezek in Rishus Rabim, he also pays chazi kofer uh, in Rishus Ha Rabim, right? And he learns as a kavachomer from Regal. In other words, and Rabbi Tarfon would say that just like you have a full, right, hezek for Regal, 
uh, and theref- therefore you should have a full kofar as well. Alma ikka kofar beregel. Be that as it may, what do we learn from all this? That there is such a thing as kofar beregel. That whole discussion, right, it applies kofar to regel. Well, once you learn kofar beregel, right, so then you should be chayiv, right? You should be chayiv kofar, even in the case of regel. So that's where Rabbi Tarfan learns it. So it says, Amar Rav Shimi min Arda. Rav Shimi doesn't want to say from Arda, great yeshiva. It says, Tanam in Ezekiel the regel ma'isila. No. That Rabbi Tarfan in the Brisa. He learns his halacha from Nezike Regel. Wait, what? Yeah, that he's not learning it from Kofar, but he's learning it from Regel. Okay, so how so? Okay, so now we're going to say any time you can compromise that Nezikin de Regel by saying that you can't make comparison because there are other aspects of Nezikin that are dissimilar, then you can't make a blanket Kavachomer from other Nezikin to another. See what's happening here? Rav Shimi is trying to challenge. Um, Rav Shimi is trying to, to, to challenge Rabbi Yossi Aglili. In other words, we just said that Rabbi Yossi Aglili is learning it from from Kofar. Okay. Once you learn it from Kofar, so then that would that would make sense why you would have to pay right Kofar Shalim Bein Betam Bein Bemuad. If you're learning it from other Nazikin, then you're going to have to say that all Nazikin are the same. You're going to be making a blanket statement from Nazikin. Now, the rest of the Gemara, we're going to bring all the different, the dissimilarities of other Nazikin and say, well, you can't learn from all other Nazikin because all other Nazikin are dissimilar to each other. Right? So, Kofar, all the Kofar is going to be the same, but the Nazikin themselves are going to be dissimilar to each other as follows. Says the Gemara, How are you going to learn from Nazikin Deregal? After all, amongst the umbrella of all other Nazikin, there is such a thing as Aish, right? As we say. And then, right, once you learn to Aish, you can't apply it because the fi- there is no Kofar by fire, right? And therefore, if there's no Kofar by fire, so then you can't learn from the blanket Nazikin because not all Nazikin have Kofar. See what I'm saying? Again, if you learn it from Kofar itself, then you could translate a halacha of Kofar. If you're learning from the Zikin as a whole, not every form of Nezik has Kofar. And therefore, you can't derive a Kofar halacha from the Zikin. So the Gemara, Mitamun. Mitamun? Yeah, Rashi explains, Shepater be'esh, v'chayev be'regel. Since Tamun is Pater and Esh, right, so therefore... In other words, from Tom, once you say that you're not Chayev in the case of Aish, then you can exclude that case, and then you can go on ahead and learn the Kofar of Karen. Right? So the Gemara says, no, Yeah, but Tomun is going to be Chayev in a Bor. Right? Because Rashi explains, right, that, that if a Gdi was Tomun in a sack or Matsuf, if he fell in, it was inside like a sack and fell, you're still going to be Chayev. So, in other words, again, if you're going to have to pay, right, you don't have to pay Kofar for, uh, if a person falls into a pit. So, again, there too, you have an idea that even though you're going to be Chayev in a bar, you still don't have to pay kofar. So again, any example where you have a situation that the nazikin are dissimilar with respect to ko- that you're going to be chayev for again, you're going to be chayev um, for mamon, but you're not going to be chayev. You're going to be chayev for hezek, but you're not going to be chayev for kofar. It's going to be dissimilar. You're not going to be able to learn it from. So the gemara says mikalim. Yeah, but kalim, right? If regel inflicts damage on Kalim, they're not going to be chayev for Nezikin. So we keep trying to take it out of Nezikin to say that, that no, that's an excluded case in order to make all other Nezikin fit. But that, that's, it's not going to work because Malachalim Shiyashin Be'esh, 
right? Because utensils, are, you're going, you are going to be chayiv in a case of age. You see what's going on, Barry? Anytime you're going to be chayiv nezek and not chayiv kofer, you're not going to be able to extend it. So, Kalim, you are chayiv nezek. You're obviously not chayiv kofer. So now the Gemara says, no, Kalim tamun. No. So the case must be referring to Kalim tamun where you're not chayiv nezek. So again, once you take it out of nezek, then you're, you could still apply it to kofer, but says the Gemara, Mala Kalim tamunim sheeshan ba'adam. Right? But what do you mean? Kalim tamunim, in the case of Adam, if a human being breaks someone else's kalim tamunim, then you're always going to be chayev. So says the Gemara, So it's clear that you learn from Rabbi Tarfan's, again, what's Rabbi Tarfan's halacha? That you pay full kofer in the case of karen tam b'shus nizag. It's clear that he learns it from regel. In other words, it's from the kofer of regel, as we initially said. Alma ikka kofer b'regel. So we see, this is a very, very long scenic way of teaching you what? That Ika Kofer Beregel, that there was the original thing, that there is such a thing as a payment of Kofer even in Regel. Again, Barry, what was the original question? The morbid case of a shore that tramples a baby in Erishasanizak. Does he have to pay Kofer or not? So, this whole convoluted right, try, uh, comparison of the Kofer payment. To, we said, do you compare it to Kofer or do you compare it to Nezikin? Well, all of the cases of Nezikin were dissimilar. We weren't able to match it up. So it had to be that Rabbi Yossi Aglili learned it from the Kofer of Regel. The mark concludes, Shmami Na. Indeed, that's what we learned it from. From the Kofer and Regel, all of this was to teach you that Kofer must be paid in the case of Regel and therefore in the trampling of the baby, you're going to have to pay Kofer. To which, to support that, it makes sense that you'd have to, the Ika Kofer Beregel. It makes sense that you have a, a Kofer payment Beregel. The Isaka Daitech Leka Kofer Beregel, because if you held that Kofer does not exist in Regel, but Tanam and Ezekiel in the Regel Maisila. And again, uh, he's reviewing for us, so thank you, Ravacha Medifti. That from the Zikin de Regel Maisila, right? If and the Tana Rabbi Tarfon, if you're going to say he doesn't learn it from the Kofer of Regel, but the Zikin of Regel, see what happened. Did we we were saying? Do you learn from the Kofer regel or the Nezikin? The Nezikin it, it didn't work, right? Because the Nezikin, in fact, had too many outliers that would undermine the argument. Kofer worked, so that's what he's saying here. The only thing that Ravacha Vadifti is adding here is that there's an internal right contradiction. If you learned it from Nezikin, right? So you say you you would internally. Um, argue against that, right? That it's that if Rav Tarfon assumed that no kofer is paid in regel, you wouldn't be able to learn the kavachomer based on regel, because again, nezikin is chayiv, right? In the case of regel, whereas kofer is not chayiv in the case of regel, so you wouldn't be able to apply it. Right? Because obviously, Nezikin is Chayim. El Alav, Shmami, Kofer, the Regal, It has to be that you learn it from the Kofer aspect of Regal. And once you learn it from Kofer of Regal, so Alma Ika Kofer Beregel. In other words, once you learn that, then, it, then you certainly conclude that there is Kofer Beregel, Shmami, And indeed, we come to learn that in this unusual case where Rachman al again, when would Kofer ever apply to Regal? Only if somebody trampled someone to death, right? If an animal trampled a human being uh, to death, would there be kofar or not? So we, resu- we resolve it to say that we do indeed right, apply kofar to that case. Very good. So now let's resume with the Mishnah on the bottom of Chavav. And this is the last Mishnah in the second parak that refers to Adam. Human beings, yes, we've learned human beings are indeed muad in a 
uh, unfortunately, in too many cases. It says the Gemara, Man is always considered to pay in full, that's what it really means, whatever he damages. Right? Even if you damage uh, accidentally, right? In other words, for a sure, so we'll say he's a Tom, first time offender, but nobody said that he gored by accident per se, right? By Adam, even if he does it by accident, he's going to be chayev for the damage. Even if he's awake or even if he's sleeping. Uh, and now, let's say he blinded his buddy, or broke his stuff. He's always Mishalem Nezek Shalem. As Rashi says, the only Rashi in the Mishnah, that's the case, that even if he does so, Bishogig. Says the Mar. The, our Mishnah at the, at the end of the Mishnah compares <coughs> blinding someone to breaking his dishes. How so? Just like in the case of Shviras Kalim, right? You have to pay damage, but you don't have to pay, obviously, Nezik, uh, you don't have to pay Tsar, Ripoi, Boshes, you don't have to pay for medical expenses or anything like that because obviously dishes don't have medical expenses. They don't have workman's comp. So just like that's true by. The the kalim afsimas ein chaver nezik in arba dvarim lo a big chiddush that when it comes there is a difference that it is true that any time you injure somebody bashogeg if a human being injures somebody else it is true that he will always have to pay for damages but it is also true that despite having the fact that he will always have to pay for damages in the case where it's shogeg what he doesn't have to pay is sar ripoi boshes and sheves he doesn't have to pay the aforementioned arba dvarim when the damage was done accidentally. So as we turn to Chafavim and Beis, and we have manageable three minutes, where do we learn that you have to pay, and Adam has to pay for Nezek, even done to Shogeg, but he doesn't have to pay the Arbet Varim. Amar Chizkiah, v'ken tana devei Chizkiah. Chizkiah is taught it, and they taught it in his yeshiva. Amar Krav, petza tachas patza, l'chaivo al hashogeg b'meizid, v'al oinus kerotzon. Right, petza tachas patza, Teaches you it's uh, redundant, okay? Why so many examples of different kinds of lesions that you caused? We get it. You don't have to give every example. Well, to teach you that you're chayav and shogig like mezid and an onus karatzon, which is another way of saying shogig kemezid, as we will see, whether you're doing willingly or not willingly. So it says Gemara, Wait, how do you know that the fact that it has a redundant expression of Petzatachat Petza is teaching you that Shogig is like, is like Mezid? Maybe it's going to ask you to have payment for Tsar, Ripu and Boshes, right, where there's damage. Maybe it's teaching you that you're always Chayev for, for the damage, as Rashi says, right? Says the Gemara, right, right, Afilo Right? Maybe it, the, when there's, uh, the, that when there is nezek, there's always going to be a payment of tsar. Maybe that's what Petza Tachat Petza teaches you. Says Wow. A detail. The Pasuk would have said, a wound for a wound. Why does it say, my tachas? Why is the word the word tachas? Patsa? Shmami tarti. In order to teach you two things. Number one, that you pay for tsar when damage is paid, right? And that a person is always chayev for the damages that he that he's going to be inflicting, even if he does so b'shogeg. So now we're six lines down on chafav mabez, and we're going to have halachas by Rabbah concerning different cases where there was lack of awareness, right? And nezek was done b'shogeg, and the question would be, 
what would be chayev? So just to give you the first example, and then all the other examples would be similar or derivative from that. If a person had a evan in his lap, now this is just uh, coming attractions for tomorrow. The Ahmad Vinafla, and he was and he hurt somebody by standing up, and then the evan hit someone. So le'inin nezikin. What's he, what's going to be the chiyah for nezikin? Le'inin arba dvarim. What's going to be the inin for repo in boshes? What about le'inin shabbos? Is he going to be chayav for lachas of shabbos? Le'inin galus. Would he go to galus? So these are going to be the cases of we're going to try all the different cases. Bezrat Hashem. Lots to look forward to tomorrow.